And it's all inextricably linked, you know, our food system, our healthcare system. And so we don't want to perpetuate anything that's not helpful to like most people. We want to, we want to create ways to open up access. And so, you know, we're not perfect at it, but we're, we're trying Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast today is Allie French and Erica Stein. They are certified integrative nutrition health coaches, health and wellness experts, and the podcast host behind Courageous Wellness. Today's episode is really a powerful conversation about the opportunity that comes from leaning into life's obstacles and how we can begin to bridge the wellness gap. I really loved sitting down with Allie and Erica for today's new episode, and we actually are doing a podcast swap this week. So today they are on Seek the Joy. Tomorrow I will be on Courageous Wellness. And so I'll make sure to link that episode in the show notes once it goes live. And Allie and Erica really have a beautiful story about how they came together to form Courageous Wellness. For Allie, it was after she experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And for Erica, after a self-love journey that led to a 50-pound weight loss. And so together, they've created a platform to interview real people about their experiences in health and wellness. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, they hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. They're also really committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrating the experiences and lessons of their courageous guests. And so today they're certified holistic integrative nutrition health coaches and speak at live wellness panels and events. And in today's episode, ugh, it is such a good one. Allie and Erica share their path to wellness, connecting to self-love and trusting their intuition and how they came together to create their platform. We talk about how opportunity comes from leaning into life's obstacles, practicing courage, the role of a spiritual practice, and why it's often revolutionary to do your human revolution. We talk about becoming your own health and wellness advocate and what it looks like to make empowered choices in the health and wellness space. My favorite part of this conversation, though, has to be when we talk about bridging the wellness gap and how Allie and Erica are making wellness more accessible and affordable. Plus, Allie and Erica share their wellness mantra, where they're taking courageous wellness next, their biggest dream, and so much more. Before we dive in, though, to today's new episode, I got to give you an update on our Seek the Joy Summit that's going live next Saturday, April 10th, which by the way, I cannot believe we are only like a week and a half away from the summit. If you haven't heard yet, I'm hosting our first ever Seek the Joy Summit on Saturday, April 10th. It starts at 10 a.m. Pacific. It's our one day virtual retreat that will be filled with empowering conversations and sessions on mindfulness, finding our joy and choosing positivity, stepping into our authentic voice, the importance of sharing our story. There's going to be so many beautiful opportunities for connection. And I am so excited and actually 
blown away by the response to the summit too. You're going to hear from past Seek the Joy guests like AJ Sarcioni, Aiden Chase, Kelly Rutherford, Audrey Ori, Akia Red, Lysandra Vasquez, the list goes on. So to learn more and register for free, and it's totally free guys, hit the link in our show notes or go to seekthejoypodcast.com slash seekthejoysummit. I only have a handful of spots left though. So if you've been thinking about joining the summit, Today is the day to register. The replay will also be available for three days after for anybody that registers. So even if you can't attend on the 10th, make sure to register so you can catch the replay. But here's the thing. It doesn't stop there because when you register for the summit, you are automatically entered into our grand prize giveaway featuring prizes from some of our favorite mindfulness and wellness brands like Yoga Wake Up, Your Joyologist, Mind Travel, The I Am Journal, La Chic Miami, Sustainabar, the list goes on and on. So to check out that giveaway, make sure you register for the summit, go to seekthejoypodcast.com slash seekthejoysummit or hit the link in our show notes register today to enter the giveaway. And I am just, oh, so excited. I cannot wait to see you there. I can't believe it's a week and a half away and it's going to be so much fun. All right, that's it. That's all I've got for today's new episode. I'm really excited to share this one with you with Allie and Erica. I love the conversation about leaning into life's obstacles and knowing that opportunity will always come from what it is that we're experiencing. So make sure to join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. No matter where you're listening right now, make sure that you hit follow or subscribe. And if you can, leave us a five-star rating and review. Ratings and reviews really help the podcast get seen by new people and share you know, with them what Seek the Joy is all about. So when you leave us that review, take a screenshot and send it to Sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I will send you a little something, something to say thank you. And it's always just such a fun way for us to connect outside of the show. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Allie and Erica of Courageous Wellness. Last week we recorded for your show. It was a lot of fun. And I was telling Erica before we recorded, it feels like it was a lifetime ago. Like I can't believe it was only last week. So I'm excited to continue the conversation. Thank you both for for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you for having us. So I'm thinking a really good place to start is you both have a really interesting wellness journey. Um, So Erica, Mm -hmm. maybe if you want to kick it off, share with us your journey to wellness um, and how, I mean, let's talk about your journeys to wellness and then how you two came together because I think it's a pretty cool story. Absolutely. I'll do like the SparkNotes version of mine and then give it to Ali to share hers and how we came together. Um, But my wellness journey, how I got into wellness was uh, through a self-love and 50 pound weight loss experience. And so basically I grew up in Malibu, California, which is a beautiful little beach town, um, very affluent community. But when I was a young girl, my parents went through um, some pretty hard times, you know, financially and because of that, we were on free lunch programs in our Malibu public schools and um, eating a lot of fast food. And so those habits were created for me. And I carried a bit of extra weight kind of from the time I was 12 onward when that really um, 
accelerated for my parents. And so, um, I mentioned that because I'm very passionate about like food affordability and accessibility, which stems from that experience. Um, but my habits were built and I always carried extra weight, but it never was really something I focused on or was a, a quote, like problem, nothing like that. It was just something more of, um, I knew I carried extra weight and I, I would go through phases where I'd like go really hard at the gym, eat quote clean, try to lose weight, um, but nothing really stuck. And so that was kind of the cycle I was in until I was about 21, 22 years old. I was working in entertainment on a couple TV shows and um, I kept blaming my weight. That's when everything changed, right? I kept blaming my weight on what wasn't happening Mm -hmm. in my life, right? Like if I lost this weight, I'd be in a successful romantic relationship. If I lost this weight, I would be advancing in my career. Whatever wasn't happening was blamed on my weight. And that's total bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just total BS. And it really took um, a really wonderful friend who I know through the Buddhist or I'm Buddhist. Ali and I are both Buddhist. That kind of is a tease on how we met later on. Mm-hmm. Um, a wonderful friend I met through our Buddhist organization and she, she had so much compassion for my life. And I went on a really bad date and I was complaining because he didn't call me. And I said to her, I was like, if I was prettier, if I was thinner, you know, he, he would have called. And she just had such compassion for my life. But she said to me, Erica, you don't value your life. Like you don't treasure yourself at all. Mm. And her words really floored me and they were exactly what I needed to hear. And so I went home and we chant. So I started chanting, um, for just to, I wrote on a hot pink post-it on my Buddhist altar in my home. And I wrote just to really deeply treasure my life. You know, I was like, I am a treasure. I am a precious gem. I have value exactly as I am. And that prayer, that ch- it, it changed my entire life because I started to feel that way. And when I felt that way at my heaviest weight, my career really took off. Um, at my heaviest weight, I met the man who is now my husband and just mm-hmm. the greatest man alive. I, he's like the definition of just good and wonderful. Um, I love him so much. And my whole life transformed at my heaviest. So when I loved myself, that's why it was really a self-love journey. And then subsequently... I started moving my body because a girlfriend and I wanted to try a trendy spin class and I loved it and I enjoyed it. And I only went like two days a week. I didn't really focus on what I was eating. And less than a year later, I lost 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so that's my weight loss and self-love journey. But that really took me and Allie will share. Allie and I met during that point, but after I lost the weight, I started to really have to do the work on how I felt about my body because, um, there was body dysmorphia. I had digestive and gut issues. Like the weight was gone, but I still had to deal with all this stuff. Yeah. And that's when I started really diving into nutrition. And that was kind of my journey into becoming a health coach together with Allie on top of being a podcast host. So Hmm. I could go into more, but I'm going to pause here and let Allie share her journey and how it brought us together. So, okay. Allie, yes. You go for All right. it. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, like our love story, how we came together. <laughs> so I historically have been a professional performing artist actually is my background. 
mostly in musical theater. I'm a singer and actor, and I've traveled quite a bit for that job. And I've always had to fuel myself in a certain way, especially when working to really um, have a certain kind of energy, which you have to do as a live performer have for your output. So I've always had an interest in how I fueled myself as far as um, food goes. And I would experiment with different types of eating and uh, it was just something of interest to me. And I was a fairly healthy person. Um, and then out of the blue, I, at 29, got diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. It was a tumor on my back. And I went through an experience where I, I basically looked like a bruise that hadn't gone away. And I thought I got it from doing a show. You know, you get beat up sometimes. You hit something. Yeah. Or hit the person next to you. <laughs> and, um, but it wasn't going away. And I asked the doctor about it and was told to ignore it. It's not, he said, oh, it's nothing. And I just had this little thing saying, oh, maybe it's not nothing. And then I went to my general physician and I asked her to keep an eye on it. And she did very thorough, um, very thoroughly, but it took about a year. And I, I basically was diagnosed with this rare form of cancer that starts in the skin and then can grow down into the, through different linings, muscle lining eventually into organs if it's not caught. And um, so I was diagnosed with that and it was sort of this wake up call of like, wait, you know, I'm, I'm a healthy person and I have cancer. Mm -hmm. Like it was sort of this in, invincibility bubble burst. It, and it, it was actually quite a gift in that way. And I was fortunate that I caught it when it was not aggressive. It, it had not become aggressive yet. So I was able to get it treated with three separate surgeries, but it only took surgeries. So I was really, really lucky that this, the stage that I caught it in, yeah. um, surgery was the only took a few, but it was the only uh, course of treatment that I had to go through. And when I was recovering from my third and final surgery, sitting on the couch with staples in my back, I started craving, I'm going to be honest, I started craving red meat like I had never craved anything before in my life. And I had actually been a vegetarian for four years and I've mm -hmm. been dairy-free for 10. So I wasn't quite a vegan, but I was pretty much living that way. And my body was screaming at me for a long time that I needed to eat a piece of steak. Now, I know this is like silly, but there's actually a point to it because I, I actually listened to that. Not what I thought I should be eating or what I, you know, what phase I was in at any given time, but I'm like, hey, I'm recovering. And my body is clearly speaking to me louder than it had ever spoken before about yeah. a piece of food, essentially. So I listened to that and I actually felt amazing uh, when I, you know, went and bought that first steak in four years. <laughs> so I was like, went to the butcher with like sunglasses on and I tried to, you know, get a sustainable piece because, you know, there's some issues with meat, which we can talk about in a separate conversation, but, um, I did, and it really worked for me. And it was something that really also kind of clicked in my, um, the sense of intuition, which was with me through this entire cancer experience, which was like the listening to myself, the listening to myself when the doctor said one thing, but I actually knew something else about my body. The listening to myself when my body was clearly talking to me about what kind of nutrients it needed for healing this particular um, wound. Yeah. And 
and, and listening to that. And it was such a big lesson in that. And it definitely, um, upped my interest in nutrition in, in a different way. It kind of like upped the ante a little bit. And so, um, Fast forward a couple years, I am in Japan for a year and a half on a, on a contract. And Erica and I found out over Instagram that we were reading the same nutrition book. Um, and we connected, we reconnected. We had known each other through our Buddhist community, which she had mentioned earlier, which I came to only about six years ago. Hmm. And so it had been a few years in and we reconnected. And I think our friendship, we realized we had certain things and interests in common. And when I came back from Japan, she invited me to spend more time with her. I think we actually went to an exercise class together and we had never really spent time one-on-one before. We weren't that close. Like we were socially friends, but, um, it was sort of a new level. And we started sharing aspects of our health journeys with each other in a way that even though we had known each other, we had never really opened up and shared about. I didn't know that Erica had a weight loss journey. I didn't know she had this sort of massive physical transformation that left so other aspects for her to really explore about her relationship with herself and her body. And she knew I had gone through the cancer diagnosis and recovery, but she didn't know, I didn't, hadn't shared with her like the emotional component of that or the, um, or learning about my intuition and trusting myself in a new way. So as we're sharing these stories, we realize, you know, everybody has these stories to tell. And the more we tell them, the less alone we feel in the journey. And the more we can educate ourselves for what's right for us and becoming our own health advocates. And from that, Courageous Wellness, the podcast, was pretty just sort of organically born one day. And to be honest, we both have entertainment backgrounds, but we had no idea about producing a podcast. And it was sort of brilliant. We went in with like blind ignorance, like just enough to not have all the reasons to not do it, Yeah, which was wonderful. It worked in our favor. And we've made all the mistakes in the beginning um, that you do with any new endeavor that you're, you're learning as you go. But with each other and with the support of each other and this partnership that's evolved from it, we were able to create this platform where we could share other people's stories in addition to our own and create this community where people feel empowered to take information that works for them, leave what doesn't. And from that, the Courageous Wellness Collective, including our us both going back to school and becoming certified nutrition health coaches, et cetera, et cetera which we can go into, but that's how the brand was born. It was really this sort of serendipitous colliding of these two experiences that we had. Yeah. Oh, thank you both for sharing that because, so two things I took from what you shared, and it's so interesting how you've had very separate journeys, but there are similar themes that have run throughout. One is from obstacle comes opportunity because Allie, if you didn't have this cancer diagnosis. And Erica, if you didn't have this weight loss journey, I don't know if you would have come together in the same way or at the same time. It's all about timing, but from those obstacles comes opportunity. And then this other piece about intuition, learning to love and value yourself for me at least comes out of a knowing of yourself and trusting yourself and trusting that inner voice um, that's there and knowing 
knowing it's there, listening to it, allowing it to be your guide, and then valuing yourself as a result of it. So even though you both went through these very different separate journeys, there are such beautiful themes, I think, that that really run through both of them. Absolutely. And that's so it's in our Buddhist organization, they call it poison into medicine, mm. which is like a really big theme for us. But absolutely, like we couldn't agree more. And we fully believe that it's it's such a mindset shift to see your life like that. And I think now at, you know, 32 years old, I finally feel like through the pandemic, through everything, even having that experience, I'm really leaning in now whenever an obstacle comes up, it's, it's just kind of the gateway to a, to an opportunity. It's just changing your mind to see it that way. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like you hit the nail on the head with it. Um, because it's like, we inevitably all experience obstacles as human beings. It's a part of the human experience. But as Erica said, it's how do you, what can you create from that obstacle? And that's another thing. I think having this sort of same spiritual foundation has been really interesting in building a business with each other on because we have the same language and we have the same sort of fundamental um like foundation uh, in the way we approach these things. And we're very different people. We're good. We complement each other for sure. Mm -hmm. But we do have this foundation that we share where we know how to also encourage each other when obstacles arise and also not to be surprised that they will. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes there's opportunity to create some value out of it for ourselves and for others. And um, we try to operate from that place. And it's not always easy, you know, but we, we try to like, we can keep each other in check in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you both have said about leaning in to obstacles and it is a mindset choice, like, and a shift of seeing the obstacle, knowing it's there, knowing it's going to come at some point and not being afraid to run away from it. And I'm curious, how, how have you been able to do that other than just, is it just come down to awareness? Like I know the obstacles are going to come. How have you been able to I think choose that mindset for yourself to lean in and not be afraid. And because sometimes the instinct I think is, oh my God, obstacle running the other way. Like you don't, we don't, I don't think naturally run towards these things. I think for myself, and I don't know about Ali, but I'm sure it's probably similar, but my my Buddhist practice really helps having a practice and a community, um, through courageous wellness and through the Buddhist organization we're a part of, which is called, um, the SGI USA. I feel so empowered and supported. And, you know, something I really like about my practice, I I chant in the morning and I chant in the evening to align my life with the universe and to chant to be in rhythm and all that stuff. But it's such an empowering practice because it teaches that you wouldn't have been born if you didn't have a mission to fulfill, right? Like we all have a mission and um, we all have karma though that we come into this world with. Um, And I don't need to go like into deep Buddhist philosophy, but for me, I think leaning into obstacles, it's, it's easier with practice, like having a spiritual practice and then having a community, um, that, that supports you and good friends, right? Like, um, I think it's interesting when, and we talked about this, I feel like a bit on your episode two in a a roundabout Mm -hmm. way, but when I went through right before we started the podcast, I went through a really transitional time in my life, Ali as well. And I feel like when you really start living authentically, it can be very painful because, 
I struggle with terrible anxiety. I have like tons of people pleasing codependency. I'm a Libra. So I love people pleasing and the balance of harmony. Um, but there were a lot of people in my life who weren't the right people in my life. And the second I really started to lean into like the discomfort and the obstacle and allowing the transformation to happen my entire life. Again, similar to my self-love journey. It's like my entire life transformed once again. And the podcast happened, um, back to school happened, creating this company, this great friendship with Allie. Like she said, we, we had known each other, but, um, we weren't close. And now, yes, we're like married through the business, but we have such a, I feel like real friendship where, like she said, we really complement each other. Cause we're so, we couldn't be more different, but it works. Like it's exactly what I feel like the other needs. Um, so yeah, I hope Ali, I don't know. I'm sure you have your own answer to this question as well, but for me, like the spirituality component and having a daily practice allows me to lean into obstacles with less fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to not repeat what she said, because a lot of it corresponds. (laughs) So, but I absolutely align with a lot of that, having a practice. And we see that with guests on our show who've had like incredible sort of journeys, overcome incredible obstacles, have had really kind of a lot of success in different areas, however you define that, right? Yeah. But that's something that's been a recurring theme. The practices might be different, but people have practices and it's a way to connect to yourself and it's a way to connect to the greater sort of like world and that we live in and our planet and our, you know, and, um, and I think also how do we remain courageous? Mm. It's like, it's in the title. So if we're not practicing and it's not, again, it's not always easy and you're not going to be doing it 100% of the time, but if we're not practicing some sense of courage when obstacles come up, then we're not really aligning with the brand that we have created. And I know that it's, you know, our name was, is important. It really is like, how do we be authentic in in this courageous wellness? And it takes Mm -hmm. courage to try to practice wellness, whatever that might look like for you, because it's not easy. Just like spiritual practices are not easy. Getting to know yourself can be painful, as Erica said, or or breaking patterns that don't serve you can be really painful. But what's the alternative? It's also painful Mm -hmm. and it's not serving you or others. So yeah, I would just add that on. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's either the pain of staying stagnant or the pain of embracing transformation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we all end up coming to that moment for ourselves of, am I good staying where I am or do I allow myself to sort of step into the next? And I think Erica, what you said is so interesting. And I, I'm actually really glad we're moving into this direction because what you said about as part of Buddhist philosophy is we all have a mission, but we also all have karma. And so I feel like whatever language someone, you know, attaches to this, it's still this, it's this theme of the more you step into your purpose or your mission or your path, there's a shedding that occurs and you have to embrace it and move with it and allow yourself the opportunity, I think, to step into it. And so I'm, I'm just 
really grateful for what you both have shared because I think for a lot of us, we expect, oh, I found my thing. It's going to be easy. Or like, oh, I found my thing. And like, it's all going to unfold perfectly. And the truth is, is it doesn't work that way. It takes time and trusting yourself and allowing yourself to step forward in that way. And so having an anchor of an empowering practice, like you said, Erica, I think that's huge. Yeah. I think, you know, there's this concept to in our practice called human revolution. I feel like it's like the pillar of our Buddhist practice, yeah. to be honest. Um, and our the the international president of our organization, his name is Daisaki Keita. He has this beautiful quote that I love. And he says, a great human revolution in a single individual can change the destiny of a nation and all humankind. Because it really is that revolutionary to do your human revolution, to change these patterns to, um, like you said, like, are we going to have the pain of staying stagnant or are we going to have the pain of stepping into our truth and our purpose? And so, um, yeah, I think all of that, like even back to, to your original question of like, that makes it less scary when you know it's, there's no other option because staying the same is staying stagnant is just as painful. And it's, it's, change is the only constant we have in life. And Allie has really helped me with that because mm-hmm. I, this is not my, my tendency is not to like embrace <laughs> change and embrace, you know, but especially I'd say this last year, it's, it's really forced. I feel like all of us to reflect in a different way. Taking a brief break from today's new episode, because I want to share with you our sponsor, BetterHelp. Like Erica was just saying, the last year has really allowed so many of us to think and reflect on our lives and what we're doing. And I know that you're feeling this way too. And so now more than ever, it's important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. This service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which while we're still in this pandemic, I think is really a game changer. I want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and ease-filled life, and that's why I'm so excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Allie and Erica of Courageous Wellness. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting journey, but I think it's one that's definitely worthwhile. And I think part of transformation is what you said about it being a revolution. And part of that is being an advocate for yourself and speaking up. And, and I think this is so much the crux of your show is like being your own health advocate and knowing what works for you. And Ali, it goes back to your part of your journey with listening to your body when it was like screaming for red meat after you were basically a vegetarian for as long as you could remember. And so I'm curious what your perspectives are when it comes to being your own Mm -hmm. health advocate. If there's somebody out there that's like, yeah, this concept sounds great, but like how, like, how do I begin to 
voice my opinion or voice my concerns or really tune in to myself in this way um, so that I am able to advocate for myself in a wellness or a a health Yeah, um, I think that's a great question Um, because- it's it's difficult and we're not all taught all aspects of a our health and medical system <laughs> um no, we're definitely no, not. not and what can often be working in our favor and what can be working against us um also this you know this might get big but also in the context of the food industry or agriculture all all these things that like fundamentally are deeply all connected um And Mm -hmm. when you're speaking, especially about, you know, your physical health, but that also relates to our mental health and our emotional health. You know, we're not compartmentalized creatures. So the body is whole and it, you know, we have a system that compartmentalizes it. So that can be a little difficult to navigate sometimes. So where do we start? I would say the first thing is like, be confident in asking questions. If you don't understand something, whether you're in a doctor's office or you're reading an article about something or you're listening to a podcast, if you hear something, whether it's really specific to your personal medical situation or health situation, or just generally in a concept that you feel um, that you feel just like interested in, I would say start by asking questions. Like we have to be detectives a little bit, and. It can be overwhelming because we're constantly being sold a million things. So also keep that in mind. Like we're constantly being sold hacks or health, like health hacks or that kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes there can be like a might be a little sliver of value in it, but oftentimes it's like really like diet culture driven or, you know, um, it's really about profit. So, and there's also not like we are bio-individual creatures. So like what what might work for me might not work for you. That's something to keep in mind too. But anyway, if you're feeling overwhelmed as you start to become the detective in your own journey, I would say, um, be, be a detective to the point of where you can maybe find some professionals that you really trust. You really trust their opinion and you can rely on sort of going to them. And it's not to not have your own opinion or critical thinking around it, but that like you've built a sense of trust around. I have a few professionals that I really value what they say. So I'll constantly like you know, if I'm exploring a concept for myself, I might go and listen to a podcast episode that that he or she records, you know? So, um, those are just a few little pieces of advice I'd give just to start out with being, for being your own health advocate. Yeah. I think love what you said about being a detective and asking yeah. questions and not being afraid to ask questions. I think sometimes we can feel intimidated, like, is this going to be a stupid question or like, are they going to, you know what I mean? There's no such thing as a stupid question when it comes to your health or your wellness. And I think part of being a health advocate too, for yourself you know, I think a lot of us view wellness sometimes as being inaccessible or it looks glamorized, right? Like sometimes I think historically when we talk about wellness or we talk about self-care or anything sort of under the broader umbrella, it's stereotyped a certain way. Self-care is often only labeled as like the physical things like that you can do to take care of your body, but self-care goes far beyond. It's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual. Um, So I think sometimes 
the wellness industry itself can be really viewed as inaccessible. Um, it's certainly not affordable. Um, and I think this goes back to what you were talking about, Erica, earlier about how this is a huge passion of yours, making wellness and the food industry in general more affordable and accessible. And so I'm curious, like, how do we start to do that? Like, what have you guys found? I know you've talked to so many people and this is a huge passion of yours. And so I would really love to spend, you know, a little bit of time talking about it. Yeah. I think it is something, like I said, that's really, um, it's real. It's something that we're both very passionate about. And, you know, at that time, like I said, I was on free lunch program at school. Um, my mom was working two jobs. We would get fast food after school because it was a dollar and convenient. And, um, yeah. And we didn't even have, I don't think we had health insurance when I was in middle school. Like it was that serious. And so, you know, we were so fortunate in so many ways, um, as well, cause we had a family friend who was a doctor and, you know, I was in a community that I'd grown up with, with people who knew my family. Um, but again, it's something that Ali and I are so passionate about because we've been, I've been to wellness events when we still had them in person. And, um, the things people can be very out of touch. And, and I just remember I asked a question at one, it was a panel. Um, and, and I just, I think we have to speak up, mm -hmm. right? Like about like with anything, you know, um, when we see the out of touchness mm -hmm. happening, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, we have to speak up. We have to ask questions because to be honest, I've heard so many times, you know, like, who would feed their children fast food or, um, you have to make the time to cook and so the, the, making the time is such a luxury. Like time is yeah. such a luxury. And so many people are working two or three jobs and then have to feed their family. And I'm sorry, like, I don't care if someone tells me like, well, you can use food stamps now at farmer's market, or you can do this. Yes. That all might be true. But if you're coming off like a 15 hour day and you have three little kids to feed and you can get a full meal for your family for $5, how are we competing with that? Right? Like, how are we competing with that? And it's such an education too. um, issue as well, because to be honest, until I got into this world, I had no idea. I thought healthy were hundred calorie packs. You know, so many people are living, thinking things are healthy that are not actually healthy, right? We're all children. I feel like we're all similar age where we grew up in, um, the nineties, the early two thousands, the 2010s. And it really was right. Like low fat, like no fat, like, uh, all this just bad crap for you that is still ingrained in so many people that is healthy and we're just making yeah. ourselves sick and we're just a sick nation, you know? Um, so there's so many problems, but I think for me really speaking up when we see the injustices in our own community is something that's really important to Ali and I, we have really hard conversations on our podcast. And like we said, we're not afraid to, raise our hand in an event and, and, and talk about these things. Um, but yeah, we have to have dialogue. We have to talk about it because a lot of people are just out of touch and they don't realize it and they've never, right. It's easy to say, well, make the time or use your food stamp at farmer's market. But if you've never lived it, you don't think, well, how do they even get to the farmer's market? And people are living in food deserts where they don't even have access to fresh food, even if their food stamps would cover the fresh food. So there's so many, um, issues. And then in addition to that, Ali and I, in our own company and with our own brand, accessibility is very, very important to us. We even were, we 
launched. I don't know when this is going to be released, but as of March 1st, um, Allie and I created a Patreon page for accessible health coaching education Mm -hmm. content. Um, It's a subscription service where we're going to be offering um, four videos a month of educational nutrition tools and habit building content with recipes and resources and um, so much more, but that's all going to be accessed for $8.99 a month. So no matter who you are, no matter where you're at for two cups of coffee, if you want to educate yourself on nutrition and um, have a health coach, which can also like be very inaccessible, you can do that for $8.99 a month. So it's just something that I feel like is embedded in everything Allie and I mm-hmm. do. That's our yeah. goal. Yeah. We're certainly striving to, and I think it'll continue to evolve as we continue to evolve. And, um, but yeah, Erica and I, like she just mentioned with the creation of the subscription service, we want to be able to bring health coaching, um, if people want access to it in a way that is accessible and affordable, because you're right. It's like, it's not affordable. And it's also kind of, it's not inclusive either. No, no. And I think that's a really important conversation. And we have, we've had that conversation probably for a couple of years now on the podcast, because the second we became immersed in this world, especially of Los Angeles wellness, and people might look at us. I mean, we're two white blonde women, to be honest, you know, <laughs> the but three that's of us like, are at this point, this right? Of, so, yeah. 100%, yeah. Um, but we started come, going to these events and we're like, uh, why does everybody white and blonde Mm -hmm. and, and seemingly very wealthy, which we came (laughs) from a point of like, okay, like even though we're in this world, like this seems really inaccessible. Yeah. And so we actually started branching out at that point and going to events in different parts of the country. And we went to Philly to like this huge wellness event, which was so fun. And, um, we started doing episodes on how we can make this stuff, if people want access to it, make it more accessible to anybody who wants it. Because this is like, this shouldn't cost a lot of money. And if you can invest even a teeny tiny bit of money, like eight bucks a month, you know, you might be able to also, as someone who had cancer, I was, you might also be able to not fall into the amount of like insane expense of healthcare in this country. And that's another conversation. I mean, listen, we could talk for years about the problems in healthcare, the problems in the food industry, food, you know, Erica mentions food deserts. It's even called food apartheid because it's Mm -hmm. so racially discriminating. We know now with COVID numbers, how especially community of color, communities of color are suffering way more and the death rates are way higher. And it's all in a, strictly linked, you know, our food system, our healthcare system. And so we don't want to perpetuate anything that's not helpful to like most people. We want to, we want to create ways to open up, um, access. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're not perfect at it, but we're, we're trying, you know, and that's, I'm really excited about our Patreon subscription. And we will be offering through that too, even one-on-one private um, office hours every week. So it might not be like, you know, weekly 
individual hour sessions with a health coach, but even for $8 a month, you're going to have access to private health coaching services. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's very cool. I'm excited for you both because I think that's a really important step forward in making knowledge and information more accessible. I'm really struck though by what you both talked about and especially what you said, Erica, if you haven't lived it, you just don't know. And I think that's such a big theme in wellness and something that we need to focus more heavily on is if you haven't lived that experience, can you actually speak to it? And should you speak, be speaking to it or should we really be opening the door for somebody else to come through and share that experience? And I think it's the latter. And I think you, you both feel the same way. And I think for so long, what has bugged me, like truly bugged me about wellness. And it sounds like this is what has bothered you too, is there are so many people who speak from really a space of privilege about Uh, like health issues in a very broad sense. And I think if we want to talk about things broadly, that's totally fine. But there's things that we all uniquely know and have experienced that's important to share. And so I love what you both talked about, just about really making the space more diverse. And I think in light of COVID wellness, at least what we're seeing online and different events and conversations, it is getting a little bit more diverse and a little bit more inclusive. Um, but there's still a lot more work to be done, you know? So it's an interesting, yeah. it's an interesting conversation. You, you reminded me of something. We did this great episode with um, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, and he is plant-based and he's really trying to change his community and community is, you know, he's the Brooklyn mm-hmm, Borough mm-hmm. President. So primarily in Brooklyn, but um, he said something that really struck me on the episode and has really stayed with me. And it reminds me of what you just said, where he said, we can't make me, he said, (laughs) we can't meet people where we are at. We have to meet people where they are at. And yeah, it's so good. And it has stayed with me since he said it. So we have to meet people where they're at, not where we're at. And I love what you talked about too, Allie, just in the context of making access to knowledge about food more accessible and doing that through your program and your office hours. Because the truth is, is, I mean, when you brought up hundred calorie packs, (laughs) I started like laughing on the inside because I used to eat two of them, three of them. I thought, oh, it's no big deal. They're hundred calorie packs. And then you forget. And then it's just our knowledge growing up, I think in the nineties and the early two thousands, it just was not there. And it's still not there all the time. Well, no, but I think, you know, Ali and I are also really food yes, positive. Yes. So like, if you're listening to this and you love a 100 calorie pack, up. love that 100 <laughs> calorie pack, but it's about the education again, like education, because when I was eating hundred calorie packs, I didn't know, right, what that was doing to my body and how it was actually making me hungrier and craving more food, right? So it's just, once you have the knowledge, eat however Mm -hmm. you want to eat, but you're not being tricked and programmed. And like Ali, you shared earlier, we're, we're always being sold something. So I think, again, back to that health advocacy question, the more we educate ourselves, then we can make choices. And you can be like, I'm choosing this delicious salad because I want it, or I'm choosing, you know, to go to In-N-Out because I want it, but you become more empowered, but Allie and I are very mm-hmm, food positive. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say yeah. that if anyone's listening, they like love their hundred calorie packs, no hate, just, we, uh, we just want to know what yeah. we're eating and all yeah. of that good stuff. Yeah. It all comes back to knowledge and having that knowledge for yourself. And, um, 
yeah, having the knowledge and then making the decision that works for you. It's like, I feel like this is the theme of the conversation is how do we get more knowledge for ourselves? How can we educate ourselves so that we're making empowered choices to be our own advocate in these spaces? Um, which I think is really important. You know, I could talk to you both all day. Um, I have a couple questions I want to close this out with if I can. Um, my first is, you know, do you have an affirmation or a motto or something that you hold on to, um, that has helped you or encouraged you along your, you know, wellness journey over the last, I don't know how many years? That's a good question. Well, as Erica said, because our spiritual practice is such a big part of what we do, um, the words that we chant every day just keep kind of popping into my head and it's not in English, but it's Nam-myoho-renge-kyo is what we chant. So that's sort of like what I would say is like the mantra essentially like every day, um, which is just, there's a lot of different interpretations, but it's like I pay devotion um, to the mystic law of cause and effect through sound is essentially one of the translations. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. And it's really like so aligning. So that I would say primarily, but you know, there's, there's so many. And from a nutrition standpoint that like, um, let food be thy medicine. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we are so food, we are food positive because food can be real food can be so healing and so nourishing and can be emotionally nourishing as well as physically nourishing. And so for me, I just, um, I just look at food and I, like I say, I define food in a certain way, but I look at food as like this amazing thing that the earth has given us. Um, and we can use it for our greatest health. Mm. Um, so that's what I would say as far as like my mantra or phrase. Yeah. I agree with Ali. I chant. So I chant Nam Myoho every day. And I think of different things when I'm chanting the words, like it's an active, we think while we chant, but and that changes day by day, but that's my mantra. That's what I do twice a day. I love this theme of <laughs> nourishing yourself though, like nourishing yourself through your practice, through the food, um, through what we do every day. Ugh. I mean, you didn't say this was your mantra, but in some ways, if I could encapsulate what you both said, I think it's about nourishment. Mm. Mm, yeah. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Okay. My next question for both of you, and this is the question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Um, and that is, what is your biggest dream? Ooh. Hmm. I have a lot of dreams. <laughs> I dream really big. I am like an optimist and I truly believe anything and everything mm -hmm. is possible um, because someone's going to do it. So why not you? Um, career or personal? Are, are we talking? Yeah. Whatever. Are we talk I think career wise, I think, I, I think Ali and I have had many conversations about where we see courageous wellness going long-term. And I know because of both of our backgrounds and um, we would love to be turn our courageous wellness into, um, go more into media, however that may look, um, be it digital media or television is something we really see as part of our path. And then again, I think Ali and I would really, or I certainly, <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, Ali, over and over again. You could answer this question too, but, um, I really do see courageous wellness coaching going into schools and lower income areas. And again, just starting with the Patreon, 
I really want to um, help educate and inform and empower individuals all over um, about their own health and wellness and that it doesn't have to be so hard and expensive. And I don't think food should be expensive as we were talking about, like an apple shouldn't cost more than, you know, processed junk. So I just... Yeah, that's kind of my personal career dreams. And then, yeah, I'd love to just live in nature with my husband and a bunch of dogs, <laughs> maybe a kid love one it. day. That's my personal <laughs> dream. It. Yeah, I feel like we both are craving a little bit more nature with our um, partners in the, in post-COVID or current COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I, I would say mine align pretty well with Erica. So um, that what she explained is really the great vision for mm. courageous wellness. And we're open to the um, avenues that that's going to take. But I also, part of it, and I, I know you can probably relate to this also as a host and the kind of work that you do on your show, but the storytelling aspect of it is really important. The, the telling of stories um, and the telling of stories by many different voices, mm -hmm. diverse voices um, in this space, in the health and wellness space. And whether that's through the medium of television or, you know, documentary style, whatever, whatever, however it, you know, um, manifests. I just think that I want to continue to tell stories on an even larger scale and, um, and share those stories. Mm. I love that. You know, so much about our visions is about speaking them into existence and sharing mm -hmm. them. So thank you both for, for sharing your dreams. And this has been such a really wonderful conversation. I love where we went from honoring your intuition to being your own advocate in the health and wellness space to how do we make this more accessible and inclusive? And I, I'm just really grateful for this conversation. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Where can everybody find you, Courageous Wellness, this wonderful new Patreon you've got going on and, uh, and connect and learn more. Yeah. Yes. You want to go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you can find us if you are interested in learning more about our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. Um, it is patreon.com slash Courageous Wellness. Um, the podcast is Courageous Wellness. We release episodes every single Wednesday and we are available on all podcast platforms. We're on Instagram at Courageous Wellness and our website is CourageousWellness.net. So I think that's everything. I, it sounds like everything. It sounds great. I'm going to put everything in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everybody to connect with you and learn more. And I'm on your podcast too. And so we'll link that episode and Allie and Erica, thank you so much again. This was, this was a lot of fun. I'm grateful for the conversation. Too. Such thank a treat. You. Thank you.